Hi, I'm Taylor, and welcome to the TD Nutrition Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the TD Nutrition Podcast. Today's episode is all about depression, the triggers for depression, how to help manage your depression via diet and supplements. And I chose to talk about depression for today's episode because in the last episode, I talked about seasonal affective disorder and how seasons can trigger certain symptoms in us or they can make certain symptoms get worse certain times of the year, or maybe you only have a symptom pop up once or twice a year at a seasonal change. Um, And obviously, like the most common seasonal symptom we think of is seasonal depression. So when we go from summertime into like the fall winter time, um, many people get depressed this time of year. So that's why I wanted to talk about depression. And I mean, I'm not just going to talk about seasonal depression. I'm going to talk about like clinical depression um, and the triggers and the symptoms. And again, I'll talk about ways that you can help improve your depression via supplements, and nutrition. And another reason why I wanted to discuss depression is because it does have a lot of deep ties with nutrition. Your diet can exacerbate depression, and you can also make the symptoms not so intense through nutrition. So I wanted to share some of that. With depression, it's also important to have patience with yourself and reminding yourself that things won't always be this way. Depression does not have to be permanent. And there's this massive difference between just feeling down for a few days and then having clinical depression. So it's normal for people to have low days. That is part of being human. We can't be up and happy and joyful all the time. Like it is normal to have a day where you don't feel so happy or maybe, you know, something happens and you're just having a rough day. But if it kind of lasts more than a few days, that's when you kind of enter this territory of actually being depressed and then eventually, you know, you could get diagnosed with clinical depression. So let's get into the symptoms of depression. Symptoms of clinical depression include sadness, loss of interest in activities that used to bring joy, an unexplainable feeling in your heart, chest, or stomach, slow thinking, speaking, or moving, feeling disconnected from yourself, and thoughts of self-harm. When you do experience depression, it's important for you to talk about how you're feeling with someone who cares for you because shame can be a huge struggle for those who do deal with depression and it can make it difficult to discuss your feelings But trying really hard to let go of that shame and talk to someone that you know cares for you and that you trust can help take that burden off. And obviously this is when therapy comes into play because sometimes it is nice to have this dedicated hour a week that you can talk to someone about all the things you're feeling and not have to worry about any judgment and know that that time is for you to sit there and talk all about yourself and complain and all the fears you have and the stresses you're dealing with. And sometimes even just having an outlet to talk about that can help relieve some of the symptoms of depression as well. So now we're going to get into the causes and triggers for depression. We often assume that clinical depression stems from emotional pain, but that's not entirely it. 
Depression stems from either an emotional trigger or a physical one. Emotional triggers include things like traumatic loss or betrayal. We tend to pretty much know the emotional triggers. We're more familiar with those. And then physical triggers include heavy loads of toxic heavy metals in the body and the brain and high levels of Epstein-Barr virus in the body. So that can also trigger depression, both of those, high levels of toxic heavy metals and even other toxins, and then high levels of Epstein-Barr virus. So the following triggers are the most common reasons that someone will go into depression, and sometimes more than one trigger can be a reason that you're depressed. So as I go through the triggers, you know, more than one may apply to you. The first trigger for depression is traumatic loss. And this is probably the most obvious reason. If, you know, you lose someone very close to you, you will probably go through a phase of depression. So examples of traumatic loss would be a family member dying, a spouse cheating on you, getting fired from a job that defined you, or having a reason that maybe you're going to die soon. We all react differently to situations A loss that sends someone into a deep depressive state may not affect someone else in that same way. So we all have different thresholds for that. And I've talked about this too when it comes to stress. We all have different reactions to stress or what we deem to be stressful to us. And depression is the same way, so we don't all take loss the same way. And this is due to variations in sensitivities, personal history, and physical compromises. What matters the most is the effect that the loss has on you. When we experience extreme emotions related to traumatic loss or a traumatic experience, it causes microstrokes in the brain. And these microstrokes cause damage to brain tissue, but it's on a much smaller scale than a traditional stroke that we would see on CT scans where there's like large scars. Um, these microstrokes are so small that they typically don't show up on MRIs or CT scans. The damage that microstrokes cause can lead to clinical depression, but the difference between like a microstroke and a severe stroke is is typically with these micro strokes, the damage can heal over time, which is what's really cool about the brain. The brain is able to heal from trauma, from injury. Um, so if you do experience something super traumatic from you where you maybe had micro strokes, the damage over time can heal. And when I was 14 years old, I lost my dad very suddenly and it was very traumatic in a plane crash. And I'm sure that me and all of my family, because it was so traumatic, traumatic that we all had microstrokes on our brain tissue. And so now it's been almost 14 years. And so, you know, a lot of that damage has probably healed over that amount of time. And another crazy thing that um, major emotional shock can have on the brain is that it can actually generate an electrical jolt in the brain. The electrical impulse from an emotional shock, it fires at a much more intense rate than normal, than like normal electrical pulses that we have in our brain. And this firing speed can be so intense that it essentially like blows a fuse in the brain, which causes part of our brain to shut off. And this is actually a safety mechanism by the brain to protect you from being injured. And so that's why when you get... Um, very sad news or, you know, traumatic news that it's like it, looking back, it can seem so blurry, like like 
part of your brain has kind of shut off to protect itself because this is such an emotional thing that is happening. Depression can also result when there's a series of upsetting events. So maybe there wasn't one specific traumatic event that occurred, but there was a bunch of other smaller upsetting events that happened. And this over time can cause these safety mechanisms in the brain to get all messed up, causing you to then go into depression. For some people, a delayed depression response can also occur even when the actual events have already subsided. So this is usually if you lose someone suddenly and you don't process it in the moment and then you almost have like a delayed depression because later on those events actually settle in and become basically reality and then you fall into depression at that time. When our brain's safety measures stop their normal operation, certain areas of the brain, like the I can't believe it emotion, may no longer perk back up, which this results in the feeling of like numbness or burnout or pessimism that comes with depression. So this, when you start feeling this numbness feeling, it's because that part of your brain that would process like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Like it's messed up. It's kind of burnt out. And so then, yeah, you have this numbness feeling. But what's so cool about our brains is that we can rebuild them. Kind of like I mentioned earlier, when you get these scars on your brain tissue from little microstrokes, like over time, those will go away. And so the brain is able to be rebuilt. And over time, you can heal your depression, which is so cool. And this is why the brain is so fascinating because it can bounce back. It has this ability to do so. Um, So just kind of harnessing you know how to do that and again talking to a therapist to get through through the depression and making dietary changes to set yourself up for success to get through it are all these things that you can do to help your brain rebuild itself quicker the next trigger for depression is traumatic stress severe and sustained stress is another cause of depression and we all feel pressure here and there that's part of being alive, but intense stress that is prolonged can create a burnout effect. Some examples of severe and sustained stress are being unemployed for a long period of time and worrying about how to pay your bills, going through a combative divorce, or enduring a major illness that makes you feel afraid and helpless. Also, little stressors can feel traumatic when they start piling up. So maybe, you know, you have something small that's stressing you out, but then you have something else small that's stressing you out. And when you have all these little things, they can pile up and feel like a big stressor. And like I said before, we all have different sensitivity levels unique to us individually. Just because something may not seem stressful to you doesn't mean that it isn't for someone else. And then from a physical perspective, these stressors, whether it's a big stressor or a bunch of small stressors, can cause a fight or flight response, which tells our adrenal glands to send a bunch of adrenaline to our bloodstream. And I discussed this in the um, adrenal fatigue episode. So if you go back and listen to that episode, you'll learn more about how the adrenal glands respond to stress and what's happening inside our body when this happens and why prolonged stress can be detrimental to our health. So when this fight or flight feeling doesn't turn off because the stress is prolonged, the adrenaline doesn't shut off, and it starts breaking down neurotransmitters in the brain and lowers our melatonin production, which 
which sets you up for falling into a depression. So when we're not producing enough melatonin, then you can fall into a depression. So that's why sometimes people who even struggle with adrenal fatigue um, experience a level of depression. And that's just because there's so much adrenaline in the body that it's impacting the brain. So these points kind of segue me into the next trigger for depression, which is adrenal dysfunction. So I've talked a lot about adrenal health and how they get burned out from too much stress. And then this burnout of the adrenals causes them not to function properly, which leads to depression. And I kind of, you know, just explained that. The next trigger for depression is viral infection. Depression can be triggered if you have a virus residing in your body, such as Epstein-Barr virus, Lyme disease, or shingles. So a lot of times people with Lyme disease will struggle with anxiety and or depression. And this is definitely true because I was feeling very depressed before I even got diagnosed with Lyme and I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I was like, why am I depressed? Like, I have no reason to be depressed. My mom was like, yeah, you don't have a reason to be depressed. What's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just not feeling like myself. And then when I got diagnosed with Lyme, it was a relief to know that like there was a reason to what was happening and it's because I have this viral infection in my body. And this is because viral infections, they do attack the nervous system and the nervous system, part of that is the brain. And so when things are being attacked and the brain gets interfered with, yes, you're going to have some sort of depression or anxiety, especially if you didn't have that before. And some varieties of viruses, they even latch on to nerves and they constantly inflame nerves. And especially with Lyme, because Lyme does attack the nervous system, like I said. So, you know, this is why you feel, you know, stiff joints and your body feels like it's much older than you actually are. Like, I swear I felt like 10 times my age and I'm like, I should not feel like this. Um, And then shingles and Epstein-Barr virus specifically, those release a poison or a neurotoxin that disrupts your normal brain function, which results in depression. And even mild viral loads in your body, those can even interfere with normal brain function and cause depression. So maybe you don't even know that you have a a mild viral load of shingles or a mild viral load of Epstein-Barr virus. And so that would be important to get labs checked out. And even if it shows that you have, oh, you know, you just have a little bit of Epstein-Barr virus, but it's not that high, it could explain your reason for depression. The next trigger for depression is heavy metals and other toxins. Heavy metals cause a lot more damage to our bodies than we even realize. And I've both seen and experienced the positive changes that happens to our health when our diet shifts to help flush out heavy metals. And we really don't take them seriously enough um, that they could be the cause for a lot of symptoms. And, And I think we should. Uh, And like I said, I've seen the benefits of taking some focus to flush them out. I've seen it with clients. I've I've also personally experienced that. So, you know, sitting down and like thinking about the ways that metals are getting into your system and how you can try to um, prevent that. And again, it's, it's impossible to prevent them from completely getting into your system, but how can you minimize them from getting in and, and what can you do to help your body flush them out? And I do have a whole episode about heavy metals um, that you should totally check out if you want to learn more about the damage they cause and how to help get rid of them. So if you have depression yet you feel like 
you have everything that you need in life, yet you still have this like dark cloud hanging over you anyways. This depression is the result of toxin buildup. So, you know, if you're depressed and you don't have adrenal dysfunction and you don't, you haven't experienced a traumatic loss or you're not dealing with any traumatic stress and you're like, I I just have this dark cloud, like I can't explain it. I shouldn't be depressed, but I am. That is the result of toxic buildup in the body. Normal modern living over time, it fills our bodies up with heavy metals like mercury, aluminum, and copper. So some examples of how these end up in our bodies are tuna, and basically all other seafood contains high levels of mercury. Anything that you drink from a can, which is typically made from aluminum, it leaks aluminum into the drink and then you drink that. Tap water is carried through your home in copper pipes, which contaminates it with the copper. So you shouldn't really drink from the tap because, you know, there's copper in that. And usually tap water already contains um, other toxins too, like fluoride, which is a toxic aluminum byproduct. And if you get your teeth cleaned and they use fluoride on your teeth, your gums are absorbing all that toxic aluminum into your bloodstream. So usually if you can skip the fluoride when you get your teeth cleaned, just have them do everything else and try to get like a fluoride free toothpaste. And almost all vaccines on the market contain aluminum and mercury. So, you know, we regularly get that injected into our bodies. And if you cook with aluminum foil, that contaminates your food with aluminum. And the list goes on and on. And I talk about much more examples in the heavy metal episode. But there's so many ways that we welcome metals into our body. We're like, yes, put fluoride on my teeth. Oh, I'm going to buy the toothpaste with fluoride. We really don't need fluoride as adults. I mean, kids need it a little bit, but... As adults, we have our adult teeth. Like, we have the teeth we have. Um, You know, you're better off drinking, like, lemon water. That really helps the enamel on your teeth. Um, Sometimes people will tell you that um, the acid in lemon hurts the enamel, but that's not true because natural acid from citrus fruits is completely different than acid that you find in, like, preservative-filled foods. Um, So there's other things that you can do to strengthen your teeth that's not fluoride and that's much more natural for you. So all these metals that sneak into our bodies, they eventually settle into our brain near the thalamus and the pineal, pituitary, and hypothalamus glands. And if your body is very acidic inside from constantly eating foods like vinegars, processed foods, eggs, alcohol, lots of fats like oils, even too many healthy oils, it helps these metals in our body oxidize. So when you eat all those foods, it helps the metals oxidize, which gets them deeper into our bodies, which basically wreaks more havoc to our brain function and other things. And when this is lowered, it creates a depressive disorder, which sneaks up on us. So the oxidation that happens isn't always constant. So it's possible that this oxidative runoff from metals happens on an occasional basis. And if this is the case, you'll experience sporadic depression with no rhyme or reason to its popping up. So you'll have it for like all these little phases and it'll just come out of the blue. Another crazy thing about heavy metals is that they can be passed down to children in the womb. So if your mother has high levels of heavy metals, those can be passed down to you and your siblings. And other toxins, not just metals, can damage our neurons and our neurotransmitters and in the brain, which can also result in depression. And these toxins include pesticides and herbicides. 
Um, whether it's on non-organic produce you eat or maybe you live in an area that's constantly treated with pesticides and herbicides like a golf course or a park. Formaldehyde, and this is commonly used in packaged foods and it's used in grade B maple syrup and lower. And it's crazy because like we know formaldehyde is is toxic yet it's in our food and we still eat it. So being aware of that and not not eating that is important. And then solvents, these are used in carpet cleaning products and it's also in gasoline fumes. So try to not, you know, smell gasoline fumes if you can. And then food additives, so things like MSG, aspartame, and sulfites. Um, and sulfites is used as a preservative in many foods. So you definitely wouldn't want to um, consume sulfites. Those are pretty harmful, especially to our brain function. So a lot of wines contain sulfites. And then other unnatural additives can build up in the brain and start triggering depression episodes. So all these toxins, not just metals, if they you know get too built up in our brains, they will trigger depression. The last trigger for depression is electrolyte deficiency. We need a certain level of electrolytes for healthy brain function. Electrolytes help maintain and allow impulses from our brain to travel throughout our body. People with higher levels of toxic heavy metals need even more electrolytes than the average person to help balance everything out. So if you know that you probably have high levels of heavy metals, then you need to be consuming way more electrolytes than someone who doesn't. Heavy metals in the body, they reduce electrolyte activity. So this is why you would need more. And when I was reading about electrolyte um, deficiency, uh, it said to think of your brain as a car battery. When the chemical electrolyte solution in the battery is too low, it interrupts the flow of electricity, which, which prevents the car from starting. So our brains are similar. If we get too low in electrolytes, it severely disrupts our electrical activity in the brain and it becomes a trigger for depression. So making sure that you're getting a lot of electrolytes and complete electrolytes, that's important because Gatorade and sports drinks, those are not complete electrolytes. They're fortified and they're not going to replenish an electrolyte deficiency. You need natural forms of electrolytes. So this would come from coconut water, celery juice, and fresh fruits and vegetables. A lot of fruits have um, electrolytes in them, so just eating a lot of fruit would ensure that you're getting enough electrolytes. So now let's talk about healing from depression. Now that you know various triggers that can onset your depression, let's talk about how you can support your body to heal from your depression. Diet is going to be a huge factor in fueling your depression or healing it. I know many people who are clinically depressed or maybe they're on antidepressants um, and those are certainly helpful when um, depression is severe, but what if your depression is from too many toxins in your body and you never clean your diet up? You will forever rely on the medication when there is such a, a more simple solution out there. So this is why like, you know, I wanted to talk about nutrition because if a tox- if toxin buildup is triggering your depression, you could totally clean up your diet and, you know, you would not need to be as reliant on the medication maybe as you are. And I'm not saying like get off your antidepressants right away, um, but clean up your diet for a few months and maybe start weaning yourself off and see if you're doing better. And, you know, you could talk with your therapist about this or whoever you see um, and they can kind of like help monitor, monitor you as well. This would be, you know, a helpful or a healthy way of going about it. 
Healing your depression will take adding in the right foods and supplements to help repair your brain tissue, your nerve cells, and the endocrine system. Also, the right foods and supplements will help to detox all the toxins out of your body. And then you would want to remove the foods like I kind of mentioned earlier, like eggs, alcohol, things like that, and foods that have lots of preservatives um, to reduce the amount of those getting back into your system. So here are some healing foods that are great to eat when you struggle with depression. Wild blueberries, spinach, cilantro, potatoes, bananas, papayas, ginger, parsley, sprouts, kale, Brussels sprouts, artichokes, green beans, lettuces, melons, apples, celery, tomatoes, apricots, seaweed, hemp seeds in small amounts because remember those are a fat, avocados in small amounts as well because they're a fat too, and then walnuts and those in small amounts because they're a fat. So hemp seeds, avocados, and walnuts, those are fat. So you would have just a little bit in your diet. You wouldn't want to have too many. And then foods that you should avoid if you struggle with depression are eggs, dairy, gluten, vinegar, any processed foods. And this is to help take away fuel for the viral particles in your body that are harming your brain function. And here are some supplements and herbs that help with depression. Celery juice, and this is because it's high in electrolytes, um, so it helps if you have electrolyte deficiency, and then it also helps to flush out toxins. Ashwagandha, bee complex, curcumin, hibiscus, lemon balm, L-lysine, melatonin, spirulina, barley grass juice powder, vitamin B12, vitamin C, and zinc. I hope you found all the information in this episode helpful. And even if you aren't struggling with depression, um, maybe it gave you a new perspective on depression, especially the link between nutrition and depression and even like toxins in depression. And if you are struggling with depression and you feel that you need some nutritional guidance, feel free to send me an email at tdnutritioncoaching at gmail.com. And I'm not a therapist, but I do have a lot of information and knowledge about depression and nutrition. So therapists don't always have the nutrition knowledge, but they have all the clinical knowledge. So combining, you know, the expertise of both could be really useful to helping you heal from your depression. And another great takeaway that you could get from this episode is that this incentive to flush out toxins from your body so that it doesn't trigger depression. So that could be a good motivator as well. And if you want to learn more about toxins and toxic heavy metals, I have a whole episode about toxic heavy metals and a whole episode about other toxins. So definitely check those out if you want to learn more about how to get those out of your diet and the symptoms that they cause. And as always, thanks for listening. 